I got a prompt. Ooh, please. What do you got? Previous projects we've all been a part of, and what we've learned about them, bringing us to Jesus Coyote. Oh, no, I got something. Alliteration. Previous project perspectives. Ooh, there we go. Hi, this is Jesus Coyote and Sound Bites. This is uh, this one uh, goes out to our homie, who uh, is off to a greater plane, Chicago legend, Mr. Jerry Springer. May he rest in peace. And brings all of his baggage, which again he brought all of our baggage with him. What a saint! Damn it. <laughs> A martyr. The king of trash TV. He is the original raccoon. A martyr for the most garbage of us. That man is an opossum. Is he a possum or is he a raccoon? I'm thinking opossum. He is dead now. He is dead. Or pizza rat. I'm not sure I know what the term pizza rat is. Uh, You know the rat that's carrying a full slice of pizza down the gutter into the drain? I have not been to New York recently. Yeah. (laughs) They run that. City. That's okay. That's yeah. okay. It's not real pizza in New York. <laughs> oh, fighting words. We've ruined this city. We've ruined this city with, with rock pizza and rat. <laughs> yeah, I was going with the ruin the city with pizza rat. That's where my brain jumped to. That's fair. Um, um, okay, so Joe, perspectives on prior projects. What do you? What do you? What do you? What do you mean? I was gonna say yeah. If you want to uh, kick this one off, and then we can base our answers on that. We're gonna yeah. bunt it. Because so I've got mostly nihilism. That's fair, and I'm not going to say I'm too far off either. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least there's consistency in the brand. Well, no, I mean, just kind of like, um, you know, played a while in high school, you know, pop punk, garage, whatever you want to call it, band. Learned a, learned a little bit there um, through college. Uh, you know, played in a seven-piece ska band. Which yeah, realizes did. that, uh, you know, if you want to get paid, uh, you don't play in a band with seven other individuals. True that. Especially with original music. Yeah, especially, yeah, original music. If you want to get paid, you just don't play original music. <laughs> That's your first problem, is you're fighting in a basement. Yeah. Hey, you know what? The thing is, though, I've told you these stories. We had the house show on lock. We had, you know, house shows ba- you know, in the basement. Charging, you know, maybe five bucks at the door, dirt cheap, 100, 200 people locked in. And that's not <laughs> an exaggeration. Like, they would be packed. I'm actually imagining you locking everybody in that house and just, you know, cackling maniacally saying, and now breathe. <laughs> breathe. <laughs> no. Claustrophobia uh, intensifies. But we eventually actually got to the point where. The shows got too crazy because, you know, we're running security, we're running door, we're running music. Uh, also, too, you buy, uh, you know, six uh, 30 rack p- racks of PBR, two bucks a beer, two for three. We paid for an EP recording, a trailer, and a good lot of our tour. With PBR. With two house shows. Like, if wow. that kind of gives you perspective on kind of how running the business aspect of it. Yeah, that's true. If you got brought 200 heads into that door, that's easily, you know, a grand and a half in the night with the PBR sales as well. Oh, yeah. No. So we made bank. However, we did get to a point to where, you know, the shows would get too rowdy to where it's like, hey, this is not feasible. What happened last night, you know, cannot happen again. 
because you know for safe for a number of reasons w- one of them top ones being safety fire code. was this the ska band this was the ska band okay i wanted to double check that yeah yeah joe was in a ska band that i believe you can check out online still called a guy named guy yeah you can still find those things online somewhere in places yeah you can um no 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 i mean i love those guys very dearly they are fantastic and i think it's great that everyone's off doing their own thing because i think ultimately we you know when you have seven different creatives in a room you know everyone's got a different perspective everyone's got a different process um and i do joke that it took us i think three years to find something to play in the car like when we were driving to a gig <laughs> and we <laughs> all agreed on spoiler it was the killers you know ah, i i got no complaints on I that i wouldn't have called that yeah, i wouldn't have yeah i would not have expected that either but you know yeah, i mean not so a bad everybody choice. had their own thing that they were into but it's like nobody could agree like there was literally nothing that any of us could agree on i think until one time i don't remember who even was playing it we were in the van going to a show a, a gig and like you know listen to the kill someone put on the killers and like everyone's just like kind of bobbing it's like how did it take us this long to come to here <laughs> yeah uh, strong opinions yeah, strong so personalities I, I think what you really learn is i think also too in the time and placement of life where you know you're in college you're not thinking about the longevity of Ah, these projects and you're not thinking about hey is this fiscally like viable your bills are also much smaller when you're in college yes so i think it it was the perfect time to play in a ska band not you know not throwing any other ones under the bus but it definitely takes a knowing what i know now I'm sure you know other you know you have to have those pieces figured out. Yeah, because that's a lot of you know heads to keep track of, and it's a lot of people to keep count of. Um, other than that, apart from that, um, I've I've also kind of strive. I work with a number of singer songwriters to where you guys do this, I think, to a degree, but I th- you know to d- you know various other degrees. But I've had you know cover bands, but I've worked essentially as a free agent. Yeah, to where I will you know play for a singer-songwriter, play for these people. I will get suckered into bands. But I yeah, but I no, but I, I, I enjoy I enjoy them very ah. much. No, not suckered, but I, I no, enjoy no, them very much. You get lollipopped. That that's a perfect word. Just lollipop it right in there. That's right. We'll edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That that's my power right there. <laughs> uh so but but anyways kind of working as a free agent in those groups and saying, hey, you know, I know what I do. I know what I do is good. You know, and kind of being upfront with that, and that's, you know, setting those boundaries. Boundaries is very important. Which I think it's a topic for another day. Yeah. But no, so I just think kind of learning and navigating with the various groups. Um, I, I'm not, Ryan, I purposely did not touch with any fight fight with monsters because ah. I know that's your um, rodeo. I was going to say, yeah, you two got a lot of overlap. There's and a lot of toes I, to be I was stepped gonna, on I there. Was gonna, I was going to say, There's like, a significant chunk. slightly working as a free agent, I think as I was coming to that, mm-hmm. not realization, but kind of coming to that establishment, Yeah. Um. you know, I did I did enjoy, like, any time I, you know, come home from college, he calls me, hey, want to play, bu- want to book the whole weekend with gigs that you're back? Sure, let's do it. Like, <laughs> um, which I was al- always very thankful. And, uh, you know, I do have... Mr. Caldwell here solely to thank for the summer between freshman and uh, you know, fr- first and second year of college because I just shed and pl- I, I you know shedded and played and played 
and you know with with Ryan in you know fight with monsters and other various groups but I got to really hone in of what I do yeah to which you know coming back with first couple of gigs you know second year of college people are like when did Joe get good and it's like well no because I just honed in on the craft yeah um, that's the thing though side eye a little bit of a di- you know a little bit of a kind of divergent story but I'm kind of pulling those pieces because I think honestly you know the, the Scott band was a huge piece you know of learning oh yeah on my side of what to do and not to do but not not in a negative way like in a yeah. very reinforcing like oh okay like I get it this is why yeah no actually I totally hear you on the too many creative voices thing because that's like I mean, it's it's not a problem that every group has, but if you have that problem, it might be tricky to figure out that you do, because having too many, it's like too many chefs in the kitchen and too many, too many voices. Like you do have to have everyone pulling in the same direction, which mm-hmm. is the hard part. And there's a lot of group dynamics at work too. Check, I don't know. You, do you want to go next? Ego at the door. Oh yeah, I can go next. Um, so, what are your perspectives on? prior projects i feel like i've had a very you know business centric perspective on most of the things you know that i've jumped a part of the first big thing that i was you know working in a collaborative effort with was you know as a pseudo manager pseudo personal assistant for a very successful artist and so that definitely colored my perspective going forward Ooh, can you say what artist um you know I'm just gonna leave. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that out. You know, loved working with them. Had an absolutely great time. But you know, I'm not I'm not one that likes to name drop. Mm. That's I don't know. I feel icky when I do it that. It makes thing. you feel. It makes you seem more important, though. <laughs> <laughs> so you see, may, people may think I'm more important, but it also makes me feel kind of gross. I don't know. Oh yeah, feels oh. like like let's ride this coattail. Like I'm just gonna latch onto that and let somebody else's importance define me. Oh for sure. Yeah. No. Yeah, be, the, be, the, be the be the name dropper. I'm cool because my friends are cool. Pretty, yeah, no, I don't like that. Yeah, no, I, well, I, honestly, I'm fine with name droppers, but if you're a name dropper, you better be prepared to be a hookupper. Like, you can't drop a name without, you know, expecting the person you're dropping it to to go and pick it up and ask if you can meet them. Yeah, no, see, I'm not about that life. Right. I, I, I don't like the networking thing, which is probably a fatal flaw. Uh, anyhow, um, <laughs> so there was that. Then there was, you know, coming after that, I... Uh, did my first round of solo stuff as a folk artist. Uh, and after that was a cover band with you, Ryan. Yay! And then after that was another cover band. And then after that was more uh, solo stuff. And then uh, back into Jesus Coyote. But in each of those projects, usually I took some kind of, or had to take some kind of, you know, a business focus. But um, you do very well. Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, the the lack of total success would say otherwise um, for some things, but it definitely colors the idea of music as two different things. There is music as art and there is music as a product. And so every project I have gone into, the first idea is, what do I want this to be? Is this art? Is this something that I do, you know, for my enjoyment, for my love, or to try to convey some kind of, you know, an emotion that's deeper than just I like the beat, I want to dance to it, or is this a product where the goal is I just want people to have fun with this and want to come back and experience it again. And the two aren't necessarily mutually exclusive, it's just I think it's getting harder and harder to marry the two unless you have a very specific vision of 
what you want your art to be. You know, I got a, I have a thought on that though. I think that it might be more nuanced to think of it more as like because music is a product regardless. But I think it would be music as art, like as the product being art, like original music, new music, trying to go and win people over with a new experience, right? A novelty. So you're, you'd be the service of novelty or it would be the service of nostalgia. You're, you're providing one of those two services and they make you feel way different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that, that's actually a good perspective. Providing music as a, as a f- – I mean, both are inherently prostitution. But um, I mean, to whatever degree you want to look sort at, sort of, it. and then even then, novelty. <laughs> you know, there's novelty that people want and novelty that people don't want. I mean, that's a thing. Yeah, that's a, well. Everybody I mean, wants nostalgia. Not everybody wants certain types of novelty. That's true. I would yeah. say that it's it's not even such a mutually exclusive thing. I think it's just in a being outclassed with the amount of chemicals it makes in your brain thing. Yeah. Like I think that nostalgia just hits so much harder than the amount of dopamine you can get from novel experiences. You can't Well, because in, I think this yeah. also goes into the last week or whatever where we're talking about um, experience. You know, the way that I put on Modest Mouse, the way you put on Decemberist, the way yeah. you put on yeah. Panic, yeah. you get that nostalgia. It's and a it different means, drug. It yeah. means so much more to you. Yeah. It's so much more pers- interpersonal. Although, if good news or bad news, I feel like we are slowly or quickly straying away from that as a concept as the fragmentation of our entire social structure as a society progresses into entropy. That was a lot of $10 words yeah. right there, Ryan. <laughs> uh, that was, yeah, I want to check your Scrabble board. I was going to say, you, you want to uh, pull that th- thesaurus out from under your oh, ass let's, right let's now? <laughs> and, uh, let's go and unpack it. Sit down with the rest of us. We can, we can, we can unpack it. We can unpack that a little bit. That's fine. Uh, but, like, you know, because everyone, because it used to be, like, think about media distribution, right? If you're going media distribution, okay, so we're, we're right, now, right now. Right, yeah, say right now we're leaning on the business mm. section, side of the Oh, music, no, right? for, for sure. That's well, the I mean, thinking noise. But mm. the business, but also just the cultural impact and how okay. nostalgia works, right? If we're thinking back to, like, when, uh, you know, TV was first, like, national TV first existed, oh, my God. You would have these TV stations that would be broadcasting nationwide and giving people the same input on things to listen to, band-wise. Even just bands. Even just bands. Not even talking about the greater conversation. And then you have radio, and then you get kind of the uh, monopolization of radio, right? With like things like Clear Channel in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And you get, basically, there's these hyper-big artists and these major labels, and everyone knows them, right? Because there, it's not like you have other opportunities to know different ones. And also, if you want to really get invested in an artist and buy the album, you have to choose where you spend your money. And you have to go and, like, specialize in a genre that you like. Otherwise, you're just gambling with your dollar whether you're going to like a record or not. And now, because you have the internet and you can go and listen to whatever you want, whenever you want, and it's been that way for about 20 years now. Now, like, you don't, there's no standard script. And and it's just becoming more and more accessible to do that. What that means for live music, though, is that these big cover bands and stuff, they will likely go the way of the dinosaur eventually, at least in the, in the, in the sort of royalty, in the, in the royalty position they're at now, right? Squirm 80s bands. Well, right, because those, those 80s groups are going to have less and less people willing to come out and look at and watch them because there's less and less of a fan base as those people start dying off, getting into retirement homes, you know? And then the other fun part is that 
that means that it's going to be harder and harder to make an act that you know is going to play off of the nostalgia of everyone in the bar. Yep. Like, it's just going to become less and less effective. And what that might mean is novelty acts get uh, more accessible. Like, uh, not novelty acts, but, like, original music, right? Original music, people who have a vibe going or a thing going. Well, there's just a stick. Or, yeah. well, I mean... Does it just change, you know, the focus of novelty acts or not novelty acts i'm sorry nostalgia, nostalgia acts because right now there is i think you are right um we have seen or there are still people alive through all you know, for lack of a better way to put it the major stages of modern music's evolution so you can have a nostalgia act that fits everything it's i want to 50s act i want a 60s act i want a you know funk act i, I want, want a beatles, 80s a beatles i want a tribute. beatles tribute i want a prince tribute like all of these things there are people that are still around to appreciate that, to appreciate and that actually lived through it, that have that nostalgia hit hardest. I think as time goes on, there will be some of these that get weeded out as people are like, all right, I didn't live through this. I don't love it. But I do think there are probably a select group of artists that are just going to stand a test of time, oh, for lack sure. of a better way to put it. And those acts are going to forever reign king in a certain type of stage oh, absolutely and field. absolutely all i'm saying is that chemically that strategy is just going to get less and less effective and be less dominant because of that so uh, as, as on, on those novelty tribute acts when as a society are we going to acknowledge that van morrison sucks and <laughs> you don't actually want to hear him at your wedding <laughs> by the from the wedding band i have so many opinions on this Having had to play so many Van Morrison songs in my lifetime so far. <laughs> Likewise. <this. laughs> yeah, you know what? Whenever I hear brown-eyed girl, I always assume that there is a blue-eyed and a green-eyed girl that he's not singing about. What a dick. It's like... <laughs> oh, you, you you haven't had to play that at a wedding but change the lyrics to uh, blue-eyed girl? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I've done that. <laughs> what? We have, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, it's, uh, it's got to be hilarious. It's the you know, change the it's, eye it's, color. It's their day, so you have to. Change. Unless there's domestic abuse, then you're my black-eyed black girl. That got dark. <laughs> <laughs> I think the unison just really <laughs> sold that moment. Hammers at home. Uh, uh, if only we did it in harmony. <laughs> yeah. Next we time. Next time. Needs to be a little later in the day and a little bit more caffeine going through the system. I'll go high. You'll go low. Need a starting pitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, that's but I I do think that's a thing though and that is kind of a rough aspect of it because the only way right now at least you can go and make an original act work is to go and get enough fans to go and really support the time you're spending on it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just it's I mean, end of the day there's things you could do to hedge your bets and there's things you can do to go and do it right and make it work, but at the end of the day it's a slot machine. And also I actually sometimes wonder if the accessibility of original music, both on the side of, like, I want to consume a new band, I want to, you know, listen to the new stuff that's coming out, and on the side of it's easier to make it, it is, there are less barriers to entry for musicians nowadays <laughs> than there have ever been, which is a great thing. But does that also make the tastemakers even more powerful than they used to be? Because now, essentially, the barrier is the sea of noise. That everybody is essentially just drowning in until somebody comes along and just tells you, hey, listen to this. I think most of us just want to be told what to do. Hey, this is cool. Hey, this is the thing. Yeah. And right now the barrier to entry is almost self-inflicted. 
a little bit. Everybody putting out everything all of the time. I think that for there's more in that sea than there's ever been. Exactly, and it's you know somebody a fa- friend of mine put it really well. It's like there are more people listening music, listening to music now than ever before. However, there are less fans than there has ever been. Yeah, I would say that there is almost a um, like with Spotify and YouTube and a and bunch of these. Like there is definitely Apple Music, all of these platforms that you can listen to Jesus Coyote. If you, you wanted sele- to, you hint, can select hint, to wink, listen wink. to us. We could be your worthless background noise, <laughs> and we would make fractions of pennies for that privilege. Is that going to be the tagline? Jesus Coyote providing you worthless background noise since two thousand and one. <laughs> oh no, worth worthless background noise for your meaningless, trivial existence. Beautiful. I see a T-shirt. That's a that's a tagline. Maybe line. a sticker. Oh, that's beautiful. No, no. <laughs> I yeah. see depravity in a, in a in the workplace. Ah. Yeah, but no, I think that's that is absolutely a thing. Although, I think that's kind of just par for the course with how easy it has become to consume music. Um, but I don't necessarily think that it's entirely futile. Although I'd have to see data on it, right? Because I think that it does, it almost turns up the volume on anything that does connect and resonate. In some ways, it actually is distilling the original music that does come through, that does satisfy that itch. People will latch onto it because, you know, like you actually resonated emotionally and connected with something in a world that has eroded all of that away. Yeah. That's, that's important. People tend to like that, I think. I yeah. like that. If I find a, if Spotify randomly poops out a song to me where I'm like, oh, oh, I like this a lot, and then I have a new band I'm diving into. I'm going hard. Yep. Which, yeah, but you're you're also somebody I think actively consuming music that way. Oh no, no, I'm really bad at that. <laughs> but you do listen to your Discover Weekly or whatever, like the like, hey, all right, Spotify, I'm gonna let yeah. you I decide put, what I should listen right. to. I put in the measliest bare minimum effort. Oh yeah, your Discover Weekly, Spotify just takes stock of whatever you've been listening to, and then whatever you've listened to the most and whatever you've liked and stuff, and says, ah, yeah, they actually That's concerning. Actually. Every now and then, they will actually try to you know uh, poop out a really good. Uh, playlist of music based on that? your interaction. Oh, it's um, on your it's on your front page. Discover yeah, it should weekly. be in your or check your go to your libraries and there should be just an auto-generated thing somewhere in there that's just your discover <sighs> weekly. There's and every week on Monday it'll repopulate with all right, based on, you know, your current listening habits and what you've been liking, we think I, these bands might be I got to say, technologically, Spotify has definitely uh they've definitely kind of changed the game. Like with a ton of innovations for how you can interact and listen to music in, the, in this brave digital era. Uh, and it's done a lot of great progress in every way except for making a reasonable business model to create music and distribute it for musicians. Yeah. It has made an excellent model for Spotify as they are grifting everybody and paid off all the major labels to do it. Found out about that recently when Spotify was getting in. They just paid some, I think it was just some huge lump sums to yeah. major labels to be like, there you go. And it was like in stock options, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. No. God, that's – sorry, I watched a whole video of this guy saying, hey, Spotify's probably going under relatively soon. I'm not sure what timeline that is. No, they will – capitalism finds a way. Yeah. Well, I, capitalism will find a way, but also startups going to startups gonna tank if they go on tank. No, see, the thing is mine it's, – it's If they were going to tank, it would have you know happened already. Somehow Twitter still was able to float. There's some charts I, that he threw up on his YouTube – video that seemed very convincing on the matter 
I might shoot. I might shoot it over to you and get your perspective. Do you, again, you know, you know me. I love looking at business things you and like data. data. I I love data. I have no idea. So I, I don't. I don't know. I think Spotify knows I don't use this function, so it's not giving me that function. Wow. Uh, then it, it might. You might not have saved it, but it's definitely somewhere within your. Um, oh, go to. Uh, Can I search it. Front plate. Yeah, go just search Discover Weekly. Uh, it'll probably pop up at some point. Yeah. Um, oh, there it is. Made for you. you. Oh, I was gonna say. Yeah. I have yet to prattle off my perspectives. Yeah, I was gonna say, say yeah, we, yeah, that yeah, was we a, took a little bit of a that was a fun little turn. tangent curve, everybody. It sure was. What a wild ride that was. Yeah. I think still wet from it. I uh I went kinda seek and destroy with doing the music thing from high school onward. And now being the ripe age of almost thirty one, I do have to say uh that I feel like I have perspectives on stuff, but it's more like, you know, being in a bunch of functional and also dysfunctional bands and kind of seeing the results those give has given me a lot of perspective on how to do it wrong and, to, you know, I guess do it right. But it's way easier to do it wrong. There are so many moving parts and elements, and it's like having a small startup that you're also in with your friends or you're going and just showing up and doing a job, but the job is going and making art with people. Which is also weird. Um, yeah. Like, kind of like Joe's thing. I started with a, uh, a group in high school, and then I made another group, and then I joined another group, and then I quit one group, and then I went and uh, quit another group, and then joined two more groups. And it all got very incestuous and crazy. But I was in a band for like seven years called Fight with Monsters. That was pretty sick. And yeah. I liked them. However, uh, I did realize fairly quick, like not fairly. I think quickly, you you learned a lot of lessons about running a band. Well, right, and also about diversifying, uh, or having building a team for a project. Right, the team you have is everything, um, because you have to go and be able to have a bunch of people kind of pulling, pulling different weight, different diversified skill set. There you go. Yeah, and I think one of the issues that Fight with Monsters really struggled with in hindsight was the fact that Ryan and I had way too much overlap in our skill set, being you know the two people trying to go and push this thing forward. Well, honestly, I mean from the get go, I mean, you know, I started playing with you guys in the very early stages. Yeah. But for the longest time, it was just the two of you. So in my brain, the way I compartmentalized it, it was like, oh, Fight with Monsters, it's Ryan and Ryan. Like, right. that's the core there. Well, yeah, and, and we were, and we... And I think also, too, with my role, when I, whenever yeah. I came in, I was always, I'm going to compliment them in everything they do. Right. But I I wasn't looking to have a a vote or a, like, you know, yeah, obviously, if you, if you ask, hey, what do you think? Oh, I think this. But I wasn't going, hey, so this song should go like this instead. It's like, it's like no, that was my role was... Like, no, I want to compliment what they're doing. I want to let them kind of push and do that. Yeah. Well, and it's not like it, it was like it, we we generally did a pretty damn good job of that with, you know, several massive exceptions. Um, but I think Don't the, we all? The, the issue was we were like maybe six years into it and we uh, we had a show after a, uh, maybe a chunk of time of just really working on recording this record and not playing out too much. Um, and we played this show to nobody and we like, we were really going off guarantees at this point cause we had been around for a while and we were four piece and we played this bar to n absolutely nobody. Cause apparently there was a festival going on. So there was no regulars there. And then 
we also apparently just had no fans. So, and that's kind of frustrating after five years of doing a project to go and just play to a completely empty room in your, like, hometown circle, right? Right before you're about to go and, like, wrap up a record and release it. And I think that didn't do a lot. And so then every member of the band quit within six months aside from me. Oof. Yeah. Mor- beatings will continue until morale improves. Yeah. So that definitely was a bit of perspective on that whole thing. And uh, I think that's one of the trickiest. That well, and, But then that was also very educational because that's the project where I was like bearing my soul most of the time. And to go and have society at large or at least my promotional efforts or some part of the equation go and tell me that, yeah, you can do that, but not. It's not necessarily like no one necessarily gives a shit. It's not the novelty the people wanted, apparently. And or if it if it resonates, it's not gonna re- it's not resonating with enough people to make them want to come out to a show. Something something's getting clogged up in the works, or my distribution's inadequate. Like I'm not going and putting it out to like enough people to go and find its way to the people who really resonate with it. Mm-hmm. Or or maybe it only resonates with me. I need. I I really want. Can we invest? I want a soundboard with just Simpson qu- classic Simpson quotes. Sure. Because the first thing that comes to mind is. They're all right, they're looking at me. I'm 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 gonna press my button. Well, kids, you tried your best, and you failed miserably. The moral of the story is, don't try at all. <laughs> Little bit. We can get you a board for Simpson stingers. Hell yeah. Yeah. I played one recently. Avert your eyes, children. He may take on other forms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, not to get not to get like super bummed out. No, about I mean, it. I, I, but I, no, that's. I think that's one of the reasons why like Jesus Coyote has a the a sim like the, the sort of bent we do with this stuff is because it's a brutal and grisly world for creatives out there, where you know you do have to go and deal with the emotional implications of people not caring at all about what you're doing. You have to brace yourself and be calloused and be prepared to go and just receive nothing, right? To have the validation of you doing the thing being the only validation you might get. And if you're okay with that, then go for it. But if you need that external validation to go and feel like you're succeeding then you might be in for some serious rough patches. It's the kind of emotional pain and nihilism that you can really only get by spending about a decade in an industry that just grinds you up and spits you out and looks for the next one. Precisely, and there's tons of industries that work like that. Music's not the only one. I think music has its own particular flavor of that, and if you talk to a lot of like long-time, long-time musicians who have been really hitting that hard, there's something different about them. And there's something kind of you. unifyingly different about them. Like, you talk to them, and there's very much that sort of, uh, let's say, salt-of-the-earth vibe. Well, uh, but, uh, on the flip side, though, you do hope. I mean, you and we actually hope. and those Okay, because I definitely thought, heard uh, you say, we ho at we first. Ho. We ho, we, we ho. ho, off to work, we ho. And yes. then we heave. Heave <laughs> ho. Heave ho. No, but <laughs> no, those that have made it thus far, not you know, shut us off. We do thank you for that, and we really do appreciate yeah. you for that because I think you know why we do music and why we do these things is because we want to reach you as the listener, and it would be incredible if you find yourself having these interpersonal experiences 
with the art, or whatever you want to call the noise that we make. Yeah, I want to rub my soul on yours, on your soul. And that touchy feeling moment them gone. Keys. <laughs> I <laughs> wish I was joking. That's basically what it feels like. Just yeah, just rub it all over there. No, that's the, you know the truth. At the end of the day, you, or at least for me, music has always been this idea of its overall goal is to create community. I just like the idea of making community through like an actual emotional connection as opposed to just like a surface level like I just want to dance to this. But in wrapping up this in wrapping up the coyote bites, I would like to say that if you have any questions you would like us to tackle on air, feel free to go and send us a message on any of our social media platforms. And we will PO box probably not ignore you. We'll probably not ignore you. I'm just going to keep staring at you to make you feel uncomfortable while you uh, ad-lib this. P.O. Box 666, hand it to your local raccoon. raccoon. He will find <laughs> us. 